following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I.com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Hello. Hi. Hello. Wait a minute. Three voices. What? Oh, my goodness. Erica, did you have a baby that grew up really quickly into a young woman that can speak? No, I didn't. Did you, Emily? I did not. Then who is our mystery guest third? Hi, girls. It's Mel. It's Mel. Um, Hi, Mel. Hi, girls. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Good. How's the baby? He's doing well. Good, good. Yeah, we're kind of actually um, four people today, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really curious to hear what Mel's um, unborn child has to say about sectionals. Yeah, I don't think he's going to have much to uh, participate in, so sorry. Does he, like, take after his father and he doesn't watch Glee? He doesn't care. You know, well, you got to work on that, Mel. You got to work on that. By the time that baby comes out, I expect it to be a Kurt fan. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Indeed, indeed. We can hope. We can. We can. So we're the Glee cast. Yep. We are here to talk about... Glee. Specifically. Um, episode 2.9, which Indeed. was called Special Education. I don't get the title. Do you get the title? I don't. Do you, Mel? I don't get it either. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I could stretch things out and say, oh, maybe it was because... Well, oh, God, fuck. The Yogi Bear preview. I have the TV on mute, and it's playing in the background. <laughs> it's just making me really mad every time I watch it. Um, the worst movie trailer I've ever seen, by it the doesn't way. It, isn't it, like, a comically terrible-looking yeah. kids movie? It's, like, on a list of movies that never, ever, ever needed to be made, that is near the top. But I feel like somebody could have made a good little movie about Yogi Bear. You know, environmental, yeah. green, save the animals, all that stuff. Don't smoke forest fires. And, like, but- maybe cartoon yeah yeah it didn't have to be computer animated at all he fucking raps he raps stop it are you kidding no (laughs) i'm not the preview i saw which we talked about i don't know if our episode actually went out on the feed yet but last week we talked about that how like there was this really touching moment in the episode and then it went to commercial and the commercial it was after the wedding vows you know how like i'm sure you were crying it it then cut to commercial which was yogi bear and then yogi bear is rapping (laughs) Ah! Um, let's let's <laughs> let's talk about the feed for a second, because um, in theory, last week's episode, and no one's no one's gonna hear this one either, so it's not gonna help. So it's gonna be an after the fact <laughs> explanation. But last week's episode, you could basically only hear on GleeCast.Podomatic.com right now because we're out of bandwidth for the month. <laughs> um, apparently, we have lots of fans that love us and downloaded us. So yeah, we're out of bandwidth. Um, it resets on the thirteenth. Um, so that's when you'll be able to actually download the episodes again. As of right now, you can only listen to it on that site. But I did set up a mailing list. So now if you go to gleecast.podomatic.com and you scroll down on the right-hand side and you click on the little button that says join our mailing list, it's an actual button. Don't click on the link that just says join our mailing list because I can't get rid of that and it doesn't belong there. Um, click on the actual button. It's all the way down at the bottom of the sidebar. And um, that way we'll be able to email you if this does ever happen again and let you know that, no, your iTunes isn't broken, your computer's not broken, 
You just can't download us right now. Okay. Very tech savvy. Way to be timely on that too. What was that, Mel? I said way to be timely on that. You oh, were like, right? set up a mailing list. F this. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. You go, girlfriends. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did it like after the fact. So no one's going to get the email like... I like I'm only just started talking about it on Twitter, so no one's even going to get the email about the bandwidth. But whatever. Sorry. Okay, we'll, we'll put up. Um, I put up a, a really quick note on Palaver, but I'll put up another one saying explaining ourselves. Palaver, P-A-L-A-V-R dot com, home of our forums, home of Mel's forums. We should say uh, Mel. Yes. You uh, represent a podcast, do you not? Yes, I do. It's called ICanHasPodcast dot com, and if you are uh, a nerd about social media, you might like it. Or if you're not and you want to learn something, you might like it even more. It's inc- I was just listening today to the uh, the Facebook one, and I'm behind or I jumped around. I don't know. I just I, I kind of like just press buttons Facebook's and things play. Yeah, but this was the one. This one was clearly like three weeks ago because it's um ah. just I can tell based on the time that it was a three weeks ago podcast. But then I listened to the one that came after it. Anyway, it was um very enjoyable, very informative. It's actually really useful for me because I work in marketing. Anybody that has any kind of interest in that stuff or just kind of wants to understand Facebook and the new Twitter and everything else and learn what they can do with it, it's very useful. So, why thank you. Good work there. Mm-hmm. Now today we are talking about Glee. Are we not? We are. We are. Um, is there any other news in the Gleaverse this week? Um, I don't think so. I just, it was on a couple, I think it was on sometime last week. I actually just watched Chris Colfer on Conan. Huh. Um, and I learned that he is a ninja. He practices <gasps> the Psy. Wow. Wow. And he was that very good. Badass. Did yeah. he do like ninja moves on there? Yeah, he had the two sigh and he like stood up and swung them all over the place and forgot that Andy was behind him and uh, almost hit him, but did him. Oh, how adorable! Yeah, it was uh, it was really fun. So wow, that's- this this complicates things because um, this week I'm really convinced that my new gay boyfriend is um, um, Warbler Boy Blaine. Blaine. But now I'm kind of thinking I didn't know Kurt was a ninja. Now he might be my gay boyfriend. <laughs> this gets complicated. Um, the only Glee news I have is that I'm kind of mad that I've been listening to the Christmas CD because today, I don't know why, but I had, we need a little Christmas stuck in my head all day long. It's a very catchy tune. It's a really catchy tune. And I had forgotten that. And like, I'm walking around the office and I'm like, it just, I just keep singing it. I don't know why. Probably because it's catchy. Ah, what was yeah. that? Oh, I'm sorry. I moved a table. Oh. My cat's trying to get on my lap. And it, I, he needed a little bit of room because Mookie can't just jump up on my lap. He needs like a running start because he's very big. Um, so I didn't want to block his uh, run space, runway, if you will. His runway. Yes. Sashay. <laughs> She's a special needs little boy. <laughs> Much like Brittany or Artie. That is Mookie. <laughs> Only more of the Lauren Zeitz's uh, variety. So we have feedback. We do. Uh, we have two different formats of feedback. Yay. It's like our second. Actually, it's funny because it's the second MP3 we've ever gotten, like actual voice feedback, voicemail, I guess you could say. And it's the last time we had one. Mel was also with us. <gasps> That's true. I remember this. Um, do you, Erica, you're the, the tech queen here. Do you know how to play it so that we can all hear it? Um, I'm just going to drop it back in afterwards. But if I, you just play it on your end and I'll explain later. <laughs> Hey there, Emily and Erica. It's Reverend Scott. I just wanted to drop you to a quick message to let you know that I listened to your bonus episode on uh, burlesque. 
No, I didn't actually see the movie myself, but you know, I've already seen Showgirls plenty of times, so I basically was caught up on the conversation. So I just wanted to let you guys know that I was out there listening. I, too, had a pound puppy named Coco as a child. Uh, anyways, I better go. If I send voicemail to anyone beyond Are You Serious and outside the cinema, I feel like I'm letting Bill down. You better hope you don't let me down, Scott, because if you do, I will kill you. <laughs> I will kill you, Dad. Kill you. <laughs> Dad. Um, peace and love, ladies. Hello. Hi. 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 We're all here. Everybody could hear me. We are. That was a really long voicemail. I mean, I know it said like 48 seconds, but it felt like maybe like, I don't know, 14 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I just had some computer trouble. We had to shut down for a minute, but I'm back now. We're all back. Are, but now we have a bit of a problem. We do? We do. Bill is um, going to kill Reverend Scott? Well, yeah, because, and it's not <laughs> like we can just get away. Bill, for those of you out there who who don't know, who maybe the, the few of you out there who don't listen to also these other shows, um, Bill is of Outside the Cinema. And... Um, and- who else is he? He's also Mel's husband. He's also Mel's husband. And Mel is currently in this uh, internet room tonight. So, Mel, can you not tell Bill about what just happened? I won't tell him. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he already knows. It sounds like that. <laughs> That's true. Maybe um, the Reverend Scott's pound puppy Coco can protect him. <laughs> Perhaps. My pound puppy Coco... Which now I'm like suddenly like wondering like was Coco his given name or was Coco the name that like me or my mom named him? I guess it was his given name. I can't tell because even though my pound puppy is in the room with me, he is 22 years old and his label does not read anything anymore. I don't remember my pound puppy's name, <sighs> and I haven't had it in probably 25 years either. <laughs> yeah. Got him in 1986. Uh, no wait, 1988. 1988. Uh, he still sits sometimes in, sometimes on top of my bed. I think my grandma still has hers. Oh, was mine when I went over to her house. So interesting, interesting little little dynamic of a family you have there, Erica. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Reverend Scott, for our feedback. Thank you. Appreciate it. I hope that Bill does not kill you dead because that would be sad. That would make us really unhappy because we really like your voicemails and we want more of them. Yeah, I felt really, really honored to get one. I was like, I yes, really yes. excited. Yeah, because uh, cannot be quick for him to put together either. No, I know. No. There's editing involved. He, like, uses his cell phone to do it. Like, he records on his droid or something. It's crazy. He do- he spends hours and hours on them, and they're very much appreciated. Kids and your technology, I tells ya. Um, but we do have another piece of email. We do. It is from the one, the only, Mr. Wayne Kotke. Uh, should I, I read it? Yes, you should, because I'm all, right. okay. all over it. Uh, the title is Maybe Jama May That the Way I Really Need You. That was my attempt at song. Okay, and he writes Anarchy and Eczema. I think I'm Anarchy. And I yeah, think I was a little sad I was Eczema. I don't know well, why. You know, last eczema. week you got, you got Emica, so you know. I did get Emica. It's true. So I get the good one this week. Okay. <clears throat> Those twin devils, Thanksgiving and Nano Remo, which is, I believe, um, I know Wayne was busy this month. There's uh, a lot of people do this thing for November called like novel writing month where you write a novel. And I believe he wrote one. Um, Very curious to hear what happens of it because I'm sure it's fabulous. Uh, Anyway, these things conspired to prevent me from sharing my opinions on Furt with you in a timely manner. But I did watch the damn thing. And here briefly are my conclusions. A very strong episode with a terrible title. Evidence that a Ryan 
Ryan Murphy writing credit is not necessarily cause to run and hide. I'm not thrilled with the gay-on-gay -gay violence theme of the Kurt bullying storyline, but we're just going to have to live with it. I was very pleased with the way the drama of the situation played out over the course of the episode, including a nicely underplayed scene with the bully, the victim, and their respective parents, including the bully's quietly mortified father in Sue's office. As for the wedding itself... Didn't everyone just look swell in their wedding finery? One thing I especially appreciated in Furt was how both Finn and Kurt had opportunities to sacrifice themselves. Finn by confessing to Rachel, Kurt by not t letting his parents use their honeymoon money to send him to prep school, but didn't take them. I like that. It shows that the characters, though essentially decent, are occasionally going to act out of self-interest. But that doesn't make them monsters. It just makes them human. A good show all around. And like many of my favorite episodes, Furt ended on a down note with Kurt's departure. Now, we talked about Furt, but you haven't heard that, right? Erica, that's where we stand with Furt. Um, yeah, well, it, it, in theory, you can hear it if you go to gleecast.podmac.com, but... Right. It... But they won't know that until after anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but actually, I think we actually brought up a lot of the points he made that um, we both liked it, even though it was a Ryan Murphy episode. I know I was kind of scared of it. Mm -hmm. Um that the we we talked about that scene with the dads in the office and how it was a, a nice kind of twist, I guess. Um, Mel, did you watch for? I did. Yes. What did I you love, think? It's one of my favorite episodes. Probably my favorite really? episode of the season. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What what made it your favorite? I don't know. I I love the wedding. I just I kind of just love the whole. It just felt like old Glee to me. Mm. Okay. And I this whole season I've been just so meh on the show in general okay. that. It was nice to finally have a week that was, it just felt more authentic. I don't really know, but, but yeah, the scene with the with the dads I thought was really great too because I expected it to be your typical like, well my son could never do that or whatever, and he totally the the father totally didn't take his son's side and and right, right. that I thought that was great actually. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, more responsible, you know. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, Wayne continues. And then there was special education, which takes its place alongside duets and audition as the best episodes of the season so far. After the Rocky Horror Glee show debacle, I didn't think it was possible for Glee to do a good Will episode. But special education proved me wrong. This was maybe Matthew Morrison's finest hour. I liked how Will lost his shit at least twice, once at Rachel, then at the entire Glee club. It's a sign of a character we rarely see. But to his credit, he didn't lose his shit in those devastating scenes with Emma, where which were like the romantic equivalent of the five stages of grief, starting with denial and ending with acceptance. Will took his romantic defeat like a gentleman. I was proud of him. One thing I really liked about this episode was that, apart from the out-of-nowhere-but-still-enjoyable miraculous sectionals performance, special education could almost have taken its place on the same planet Earth that you and I inhabit. For whatever reason, I enjoy Glee the most when it's kind of depressing. So I really dug the low-key hopelessness of the scenes, which had New Directions glumly boarding the bus for sectionals, certain they're doomed to third place, which of course they're not, because then what would the rest of the season be about? Glumness casts its long shadow over the episode. Even the triumphant final performance had an undercurrent of tension since Will and Rachel had ex had recently experienced some epic failure in the relationship front. The dog days are not quite over for these two, or for Finn. Actually, Finn's sudden anger at Rachel's near cheating struck me as the only major false note of the show. I just didn't buy that he'd get that mad that quickly. Maybe it was the acting. I don't know. A few more random points before I leave you. 
Can I call him or can I call him? In my last email, I made a point to focus on the sneeze girl, a.k.a. Lauren, and now a scant two episodes later, here she is in a full-fledged member of the New Directions. I hope the show tones down the ugly fat jokes at her expense and starts treating her like a human being, because I think she could be a great character. I was hoping that the sectional's victory would teach her that the show choir isn't stupid and that she'd be fully on board by the end of the episode, but that was kind of left unresolved. I have huge things to say about the... Lauren eating thing, but we'll get yeah. there. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, okay, Wayne continues. I love, love, love the scenes at Dalton Academy. With its tasteful woody decor, the school makes a welcome visual change from the deliberately garish orangey eyesore that is McKinley High. I fear for that bird, though. When the council members set, set, said it was the descendant of an unbroken line of birds, I started worrying. Anyway, the Dalton scenes have their own unique energy, as Kurt himself point out. I think even the blocking composition of scenes is different at Dalton. Note the contrast in the way the two versions of Don't Cry For Me Argentina are shot. Rachel's version seems a lot more garish in its staging. What with her in that balcony and all, and Kurt's was simple, dignified, and refined, with him pensively staring out the window. The band Florence and the Machine seem to be knocking themselves out for my attention lately. I never heard of them until they appeared on Saturday Night Live a few weeks back, and now a song of theirs has landed on Glee. What do you want from me, Florence and the Machine? Have you been helped? Do you want to talk to a supervisor? Who who are Florence and the Machine, and what do they sing? They did um that song Dog Days Are Over at the end of the episode was yeah. okay. It's I so- have heard that song before. They have haven't two I? out. I don't know if it's her. It's a girl. Florence is the girl who's the singer i don't know if it's considered like she and then her backup band or if they mm-hmm. are it's one of those weird ambiguous things okay. but they're See, awesome awesome I, I like that last song i i feel like i'd heard it before but it um you is prob- it one that's like been used in trailers or something yeah it's probably in like commercials and stuff it's okay. all over the place right now yeah it's everywhere and they performed it at the vmas this year too uh, i didn't watch them i don't like the whole how they're oh no those aren't pronounced the video movie awards are pronounced I don't know. I get off track. Award ceremonies. Just, they're not as magical to me as they used to be, I guess. Okay. Wayne continues. I'm going to mention the semi-obscure defunct cover band known as Big Daddy, simply because they do or did terrific versions of both The Living Years and My Heart Will Go On. And you should be listening to them anyway. They only have a handful of albums, plus a few odds and ends, so it's not like there's a massive back catalog to plow through. Both Glee and American Idol would do well to look through Big Daddy's albums for arrangement ideas. Anyway, that's my time. You've been a great audience. Wayne Kotke, who you can find more of at d2rights.blogspot.com. I don't know who Big Daddy is. North unless Side. we're talking about the zombie from um, Land of the Dead. Um, I only know it as an Adam Sandler movie. Ah, okay. We are diverse and educated, but not in the way Wayne would have liked us to be. Um, yeah. Um, I'm. It's interesting that he said that because the... Um, which we'll obviously get to later, but the song Valerie, that actually was a different arrangement. So Okay. They did I was wondering about that. I didn't even recognize that song. I had never heard that song in my life. Yeah. Amy Winehouse? Who I don't I thought maybe it was Amy Winehouse. Well Winehouse's. she sounded I, so much it, like Amy Winehouse. I, I I that's probably why I thought that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is Amy Winehouse and I actually when I realized it was her, I, I actually have that album and I I played it and I was like, Oh, this is slow and then obviously Santana did it a little faster, so Oh, that's really interesting. Oh, yeah. that makes me so happy. I like when Glee does that. Take chances. Yeah. Do something different. Just makes me happy. Well, okay. <laughs> um, so should we take a break and come back with our episode rundown? 
Yes, we shall. We will okay. uh, be right back. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Frank. And we are from the Are You Serious podcast, and we are here with... Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. I think that's awesome, but I also think that I could do the same thing. What are you talking about? It's just great to have you here and to be able to talk to you, even with all the stuff I've said. Don't shoot him. So I guess just to let people know, we, we cover movies, video games, and we talk about politics, TV, and uh, people who bother us. Basically, we just skewer pop culture in general. I got a bad feeling about this. I think the show is awesome. You should think it's awesome, too. Don't get excited. Frank can get a little full of himself sometimes. I know. The Are You Serious Podcast is available on iTunes and at areyouseriouspodcast.com. <laughs> Do you find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com. to the trash and we're back we are except for someone who's slow picking up her phone hi, hi, Mel. hi Mel. i didn't realize you were hanging up on me and calling back oh sorry <laughs> that's how we do our breaks so I, was I know where the, the break computer. is i was like you're pulling back the curtain <laughs> don't pull back the curtain i'm naked over here <laughs> sorry all right, so should we get into episode 2.9? Yes. Special education. Yep. Sectionals are here, but so is the case in the meetings when the New Directions releases their inner divas. Emma points out to Will that he's been overusing his stars and shafting some of the talented background. So our curly-haired good teacher this week decides to shake things up by giving Quinn, Sam, and Santana some solos and heavily featuring the dancing talents of Mike Chang and Brittany. Rachel responds with predictable attitude, worsened when she learns in front of the whole Glee Club, who already knew, that Finn did indeed bed Santana the previous year. She seeks out the comfort of a kind to Jews Puck, who's learned a lesson in goodness after being trapped inside an overturned porta potty and saved by New Direction's new 12th member, Lauren. I eat a lot because I'm fat. Zysis. Meanwhile, Kurt finds some difficulty blending into the warblers, and despite an Evita-like tutorial from the new rival Rachel, he does not win a solo. Brittany, however, has won her dance solo with Mike Chang, but now stresses over its importance. While Tina and Artie grow suspicious of their more popular and more limber partners partnering up in sexual ways. Later, all is revealed that Brittany and Mike were faithful. Cuteness and Asian kisses ensue. Will, on the other hand, remains devastated when Emma turns down his sectional's invite in favor of her love and, bum bum bum, marriage to Dr. Carl. The competition unrolls, old people sing cutely, the warblers warble adorably, and after a verbal smackdown by the very disappointed Mr. Shu, New Directions victoriously display their New Directions, tying for first place with Dalton and returning to McKinley with a fresh and cheerful attitude. Except for Finchel, who is no more. And if you didn't know that, then now you do. And it brings me greatly to say that's what you missed on Glee! Enthusiasm! Enthusiasm, people! (laughs) Um, okay. 
So there's a lot to get through. There is. This is another one of those really plot-heavy episodes where a lot of stuff had to happen in like 40, what, 43 minutes? minutes? Yeah. Um, First, we should say this episode was written by Brad Falchuk. This episode was directed by somebody very special. No, it's not Eric Stoltz. Um, but it was direct, directed by Paris Barkley, Barclay, who also directed, I know, Erica and my favorite episode of the first half of last season. Ooh. Yeah. Same director that did Wheels. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I think it makes sense. I feel like there are some similarities in this episode to that. Yeah. It wasn't quite as heartbreaking as Wheels was, but. Right. It was right. still, it was a, it was a strong episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Uh, Mel, overall, let's start with that. What did you think of it? Did you like it? I did, yeah. And it's funny because I think this was second or third week in a row, like I said a few minutes ago, that I felt like they're back. You know, like the show is back. It was I was I was really on the fence for a while um, from the beginning of the season up until definitely until Rocky Horror, but maybe a week after that, I get my I get my time confused and i can't remember what episodes played when okay. but um no, you're, no, you're but yeah i i i liked it a lot i felt i felt uh i don't know I, I thought it was good yeah i think um something that wayne pointed out that i really liked was the episode wasn't afraid to show its characters in an unlikable place yeah you know like they got bratty and teenagery and you know will had to do the whole i'm disappointed in you um and it it worked it worked for me a lot in that way i i did not have Plot-wise, I didn't have too many problems. I think it was, uh, you know, it was a little crammed, but I think it was crammed really well and effectively. Definitely. You know, one of the things that I really liked about the first season so much was that it just kind of all, it all felt authentic. Like, this is something that actually could happen. And these Mm -hmm. are, this is how they would actually probably talk to each other and things that would really happen. And the the first part of the season, I just thought felt so forced and like right. Well, you had you know you had an entire Britney Spears fantasy episode. Oh, seriously, I that one was it was terrible. I, it's my least favorite of the entire series. It was terrible. And um, you know, I just felt like they were trying to capitalize on the sensationalism and and how popular the show is and all that stuff and and lost it. But I feel like they've gotten it back, which is yeah, good. <laughs> and I like that um they acknowledge it a little bit in this episode where when um especially when Emma says like, you know, last year you guys were the, un- you, you were the underdogs and now you're not. And it, it did because it put glee itself in that perspective of, you know, you, you can't keep doing the same things. You can't, you know, sure. We know these kids are scrappy and they don't quite fit in, but at this point we also know that they're really talented and you, you can't just reuse what you did last year and you have to shake it up. And I, I like that. Right. Even though they did a little bit, which I'll talk about later in like the staging and stuff. Um, I'll okay. talk about it when we get to the songs. All right. Oh, yeah, I can see exactly what you're saying. Um, but let's let's talk about Will and Emma and and move that out of the way, because I feel like that's even though it's a huge storyline, I feel like it's kind of the it's kind of least connected to yeah. everything else in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was I mean, again, like and now I'm really scared because how are they going to get rid of Samos? I don't think they can now. I think I think they're kind of putting I think they're kind of putting that to bed. I think that's what they could. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I you know, I think Will kind of needs to move on, and I think that's what they're trying to do. Wow. Which I mean, it could be paving the way for your your storyline prediction, Emily. Um, the which Terry st- one? Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still hold firm to that. I think Terry's going to come back in like another month and be like, "Hey, I learned a lesson from Melba Force, and I'm pregnant." Wouldn't that? Oh God, wouldn't that be? That would be so predictable, though. 
Kind of. I feel like, like that. Come on, like you had a scene where they had sex and they probably weren't prepared. God, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. don't. Did you guys feel like this whole marriage, like we went to Vegas and got married, thing was a super rushed and b like completely out of character? Yes. Well, the thing about it is that like Emma, they kind of been setting it up. Like yeah. she's she's a little out of character with Carl. Like she goes to the Rocky Horror Show and and gets squirted with a water gun. Like. You know, she's she's safely bringing her out of her comfort zone. Um, I mean, yeah, if I if somebody just told me they loved me, I would not marry them a week later. That's exactly you just word for word was exactly what I was thinking. He just said he loved her like yesterday. So now you're going to marry him. No, but I mean, she's also, you know, I don't know how old her and Will are supposed to be. They're probably what, like 30, I guess. Yeah. Um, And, you know, she's never been with a man like that kind of had to hit her, I think, at a certain point of okay, I, you know, I love him. I need to take this leap right now. That just depressed me a little bit that when you said their age, because it made me realize that I'm closer to their age than the kid's age. Well, I'm trying to figure out if I'm right about that. Because I they feel have like... to be in their 30s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because Will and Terry were together for 16 years. So maybe they're oh. later 30s. Well, but they were in high school. You no. Know, they but... got together when they were 16. 16. Right. Early right. so 30s. 32. Yeah. TikTok. <sighs> That's still young, though. Yeah. Says yeah. the 29-year-old, right? That's still young. 30. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok. Huh. Um, so we're all in age order. We're 27, 28, 29. Uh, yeah. For another month. Two months. Um, I, I do agree, though. I do feel like it was a little out of character for her. and it, that, that part of it didn't sit well with me, but yeah, whatever. It was kind of out of nowhere, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you guys. I think it was done pretty carefully. I think, and I think part of this is just, um, because even though it's funny, because we think like last week, and again, nobody heard this yet, but Erica, and, or maybe some people did, Erica and I were not happy with the fact that Emma was not in the show last week because it felt like there were so many moments where you would go to your guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. And so even having said that, I did feel this week, like it, it wasn't a storyline thrown in there immediately. It was... You know, as soon as I saw Emma and, you know, Will talking to her, it all came back to me of their past together. And, you know, when she talks about after Rocky Horror Show, you know, the way Carl's different now, like it all felt really real to me, I guess. Like, I feel like it was still established, even though we haven't really seen it the last few weeks. Um, I, there's just silence. I don't know what to say. I don't know. So I guess we so we we're thinking maybe she's just going to be married now. Yeah, Maybe I, I Carl think so. Maybe Carl won't be a Nazi or will die a painful death or, you know, cheat on her with an underage um, teenager who has a with crush Santana. on Santana. Yeah, I know. I'm getting scared. Like, I feel like Santana might, like, roofie him up. And, yeah, she might molest him. Yeah, because she seems like the person that would do that. Yeah. I, I can't, though, I can't rule out the the fact that, okay, so they got married super, super quickly you know, there's, there could be some regret down the line. Like we don't, maybe we don't know each other that well. Maybe we moved too quickly. Maybe this wasn't the right decision. Mm -hmm. You can easily end a relationship on a television show with something like that. That's very true. It's true, true, but I feel like they already played that card with her the first season. With Ken. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Yeah. She's had for a woman who, you know, won't, doesn't like touching men. She's had three relationships (laughs) on this show since we've met her. Um, Okay, so um, should, so now should we go into the other depressing storyline, Rachel and Finn? Yeah, 
After it's really all, sad. all the praise we gave them this season. I know, like they were starting to feel like such a cute couple. And okay. I feel like they were both wrong. Yeah, they like Rachel were. had no right to be that mad at Finn. Right. But Finn, yeah. like, he had to know. Like, she was, yeah, she was doing it to make him mad. But, and I understand, okay, maybe he was extra sensitive because of the whole Puck Quinn thing. But, like, you know, she told, she confessed to him immediately. And, she, like, you could see how bad she felt about it. She didn't, though. She didn't confess to him immediately. She confessed to him immediately when he said, okay, let's never lie to each other again. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, but you kind of assumed for that week they weren't talking. Didn't it seem like they were just not, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I don't think that he was wrong in that, in, in any of it. The part, you know, the part about, the, he did lie to her in the very beginning when they had the conversation about like, oh, we're going to save ourselves or whatever. And mm-hmm. omitted the fact that that was already not an option anymore. But that was, you know, months ago or whatever. But in terms of the timeline of this episode, I don't think, I don't think he did anything wrong. I was so mad at her. I actually didn't find it sad at all. I was pissed the whole time. I don't know. Like I can understand her being really sad. The fact that everybody knew about this, but her. And again, it probably wasn't Finn that said it. It was probably Santana, but still like, I don't know. That was, that was sad. Like that would really have embarrassed me if that were me, I guess. Yeah. Even you weren't even sad for her when, you know, she yelled down the hallway after, after him, you said you'd never break up with me. That was so sad. I remember that scene. I remember that. I was like, you got what you deserve, bitch. Sorry. <laughs> I bet he has hardened you, Mel. I really, really was like, you are blowing this way out of proportion and you have absolutely no right to be as mad as you are. Like, I can understand it would it would cause an argument and, you know, they they can talk about it or whatever. They can fight about it. But the the extent to which she was dragging it out and taking it out on him and Santana didn't help either. But just within their confines of their own relationship, I... I was totally like, you are not in the right here at all. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. Um, listeners, tell us whose side you're on. <laughs> Gleecast at gmail.com. All right. So one thing I really did like about this, though, I like that Puck was the one who stopped it. Yeah. I really like that Puck, you know, because I, I mean, I always go back to this. Like, I used to love Puck and Finn's friendship. Like, I just find it really refreshing and, and, and nice and believable. So I really like that he basically said, like, I can't do this to Finn again. I really liked him this entire episode. Um, Me too. I mean, I feel like I feel like he redeemed himself from the other episode where I kind of hated his entire character with the whole mm-hmm. juvie thing. Right, um, right. So yeah, I and I love that you know he's trying to be nice, but only to Jews. Only to Jews. <laughs> he knows his limits. He can't be nice to everyone. He just reminds me more and more every week of Bart Simpson as a human being. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, now the other couple of other car- subplots going on this week, Kurt and the freaky bird thing. Oh, anybody else really freaked out by that? I don't like pet birds. I just, yeah. I don't really get them. I think they're kind of annoying. They oh. smell really bad. Um, I guess some people smell. can have friend- be friends. Uh, okay. When I used to work at a dog kennel and, um, the, my boss used to like save pigeons and he would keep them in a cage. Pigeons? But yeah, like, the, pet birds don't like. I've had I've grew up with pet birds, parakeets, and cockatiels, and they don't they don't smell bad. Okay, well, pet pigeons do. <laughs> well, so I can tell you that much. Who wants to keep a pet pigeon? There. That's weird. Well, my boss at the time did, and they stink <laughs> badly. Oh, they're actually really fun. My dad used to have my dad had one cockatiel, and she laid eggs, 
I mean, they weren't fertilized or anything, but they were really tiny and cute. And, like, it was funny. We were like, oh, there's an egg in the cage. That's weird. Um, and then we had one that talked. They are a lot of fun. He would uh, catcall at me when I left the house. It always made me feel good about myself. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> well, here, I'll tell the whole story very quickly. He was actually... What? I'm just asking Mookie why he doesn't catcall oh. at me. Um, he was actually my grandfather's bird, and when my it was my mom's dad, and when um, when my grandfather passed away, they gave the bird to my dad so that we, me and my brother could have it because we were kind of the youngest in the family and, um, you know, would take the best care of it or whatever. So my grandpa used to sit out on the front porch. He lived in Florida, and he used to sit out on the enclosed porch with the bird, and he taught it to say Pretty Bird Joey, and he would, like, go, like, make that noise, and he would and he would catcall. And my grandfather used to sit out in the, on the porch, and the ladies used to jog by, and the bird would whistle at the ladies that jog by. And everybody <laughs> thought that my poor grandpa was, like, some dirty old man whistling at that point. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that's my little, my little story. All right, so birds are okay, but if yeah. somebody was like, here, take care of this bird, or else you will doom your acapella group, I would be a little freaked out. It was... It was in your hands. Yeah. It was a very strong, um, very strong metaphor for Kurt joining the, uh, joining the club. Yeah, like, now I'm kind of freaked out by them. Like, the whole, the whole, um, Blaine telling him that he was molting thing, and, and he'd sing again soon, like... <laughs> Yeah, we get a it. little bit forced. We get it. Brad we don't Patrick. have to hit us over the head. It's a metaphor. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I like that it wasn't, you know, suddenly like, you know, Kurt's the BMOC at Dalton. Like, I like that, you know, like anything. You think this is heaven. You get there. Oh, wait, things are a little different. And I, I enjoyed seeing him try to fit in. Uh, and I, I just like the idea that he's, you know, almost too much of an individual for them. Yeah. I found that really interesting that mm-hmm. that that they even had that line where where Blaine was like, oh, did you see, like, we wear uniforms. Like, I thought that was very strange for, mm. like, a very strange motto for a school to embrace to be like. It's weird for a school. I guess I get it for an acapella group. Although acapella groups, you're going to have soloists, obviously. But yeah. that idea that, like, you have to fit this mold it and maybe it's the same as a, i don't know i was never in a fraternity well obviously not a fraternity i was never in a sorority um but it seems like that similar i didn't go to private school i don't know if anybody i don't i know erica i know you didn't i don't know if you did Mel. i did actually we were you did know. yeah okay did did it feel like was there that sense of like i don't know belonging and no not no, standing out no it wasn't at all I, our my school was different but um i kind of felt like the the metaphor or the you know the the comparison he was trying to make between the uniforms and teamwork was kind of wrong because it was like you know we wear these uniforms it's all about being on a team but really that's that's not what I would take from that I would say okay we're wearing these uniforms you have to fit in but that wasn't really the message that his words were trying to convey but that was the message that he was inadvertently you know mm-hmm. giving him yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. It was kind of, it was, it was just a little strange. Even though it I was. love, I love Blaine and it's adorable. I can't wait for them to kiss because that'll be oh, great. It's gonna be so cute. Now, um, I don't know, really want to jump ahead to next week, but like, is next week is are they singing all the songs from the album? Do you know? Um, it's not. Uh, I, I believe select songs on okay. the album are in the show, but oh, not goodness. all of them. I hope they sing- 
so cold outside. I hope so too. I don't know though. I didn't even okay. get to see the clips for next week because my DVR oh, cut it okay. off. Okay. I couldn't find them today. So I just gotcha. know it's the Christmas episode. It is. It looks fun. Uh, the last storyline I guess we should touch upon was the Artie Brittany uh, little romance. This was probably my favorite storyline this episode. It was like I'm even though I have a huge issue with the skipped plot line of their romance from back from a couple of episodes ago, yeah. I am loving them as a couple. I think they're an adorable couple. They're both handicapped. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what the whole special education was all about then. Oh, perhaps uh, something in their own special way. Like I, I the funny thing like did you believe that she was cheating on him? No. I did at a certain point. I'm I like, did yeah. You? Yeah. Oh, I totally did. Yeah. Really? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think she would do that. When me. he says, like, you know, how would you commit a cult adultery? She's like, how'd you find out? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, and then I, I almost liked it for Mike Chang. So I'm like, oh, Mike Chang is such a player. <laughs> I just, and I think Mike Chang and Brittany would be a pretty cute couple, too. <laughs> They'd be like couple of the year. They'd I know. take the school by storm. But um, I love that. Did you catch that Tina refers to him as Mike Chang? <laughs> yeah. she, she was talking to Artie and she was like Mike Chang and Blur- Brittany blah 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 and I was like she just called him by his full name that's her boyfriend <laughs> that was weird that's fantastic um, but I just I love you know Artie kind of taking care of her and, and yeah. with the whole comb thing it was yeah, adorable it's really cute, it's cute. I'm, right. in, in case I'm being really vague I'll pull back the curtain for a second Mike is sitting here and he hasn't watched the episode yet and he could only hear my side of the conversation. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to be very vague in what I say and hope that you guys comb. Yeah. <laughs> hope that you guys like pick it up and fill in the, the missing pieces because I don't want to ruin the entire episode for him. I like the idea that we can just translate what Erica says and relay <laughs> it differently. Yeah. What, Erica? You're going to give me a million dollars? No, no. That's not what I said at all. Um. But yeah, is that is that kind of all the is that all the story? kind of I think so sort of sure yeah. Um, oddly enough, we were we were missing one character entirely this episode. We were missing Sue. Yeah. Which well, I guess no, she wasn't a big part of last season's sectionals. She was not sectionals. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, it didn't as much as I always love Sue. Um. I don't think we needed her this episode. It was, again, a crowded episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. It would have been just another layer that's not needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looked, and plus, last week was very Sue-centric. It looks like yeah. next week is going to be very Sue. Um, so, yeah, I, the other thing I really liked um, was the way section... I have a problem with sectionals, which I'll get to in my low notes. But the way um, sectionals were... Um, trying to even remember what I was going to say regarding this. I I liked something about sectionals, but I li- didn't like other things about sectionals. I can't think. I'm I'm tired. Let's let's go to the songs. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, very plot driven songs this week. Like there was no real. And I don't know. Am I crazy or have they been doing this more and more lately? Where there's less like spontaneous um songs that seem more like fantasies as opposed to songs that are like I'm going to press play and we're going to sing. Yeah, yes. there yeah, there's less um there's less kind of character singing to themselves. Mhm. Like I it's... I keep seeing Rachel. Rachel used to do it all the time and she doesn't do it as much anymore. But yeah. I think that comes a lot with I forget I forget who said it. Someone said it last week in our feedback 
or no, maybe it wasn't in our feedback. I think it's actually on our form. I forget who it was though. Was talking about how this season is very Kurt centric, and they yes. and they don't like it. But we we mentioned last week that this season's very like Kurt's story, and last season was kind of Rachel's story. Rachel, so yeah. it was. I don't know. It was, I. That's kind of. I think Rachel is much more theatrical and much more in her head, and that's why there were more of those in the first season. But now Kurt's a little more grounded, and I think that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. To, I don't I'm, know, like. It's when I think of something, for example, like the like when Kurt's saying, I want to hold your hand, I feel like that didn't need to be put in the show choir room. Like Kurt could have just been singing that to himself and we could have seen the performance. And with this even like Don't Cry For Me Argentina, obviously it was part of the plot. It was Rachel and Kurt kind of bonding, which was adorable. But there was like something very like, oh, I bet it's on your CD player. Yep, here it is. Track five. <laughs> You know, what a coincidence. Yeah. Like it's on the same way. And first of all, I don't think, I think that's a little strange that that's on the same CD as my heart will go on. I thought it was like an iPod player. I think it was on his iPod. It looked like a little pink cassette player. but um, I, I, thought thought it, it, I thought it had like the iPod that plugs into it and it was just like the speakers. I don't know. Oh, maybe. But I don't what, own one of what, those things. What self-respecting person doesn't have Don't Cry For Me Argentina on their iPod? Exactly. Oh, of course. Of course. What self-respecting gay teenager does not have Don't Cry For Me Argentina? And, <laughs> and my heart will go on. Same playlist. Yeah, exactly. Um, so did we love this? I kind of loved it. I I liked it. There was a very specific moment that I loved. I know the moment you're talking about. Is it the Blade moment? It's the Blade <laughs> <laughs> When Kurt's doing the arm, move the arm, lift yeah. your arms, lift them, lift them, and Blaine just that tiny little eyes down, shakes head. It was I. And he I pushes his, he pushes his own arm down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's like no. I I love that moment so much. Like if I had to pick individual moments like of Glee that were my favorite, that was one of my favorite <laughs> moments ever. Yep, it was great. Um, and I liked again it's funny because Paris Barclay is the same director who did uh, Defying Gravity and you know this is we had we had one other Kurt Rachel duet this year which was pretty fabulous Um, oh oh my god I'm sorry I need to not have the TV on when I'm doing this because there was just a preview for the Simpsons on Sunday and it looks like they're doing a puppet Simpson episode and it looks terrifying anyway sorry about that um, but there, uh, just this whole little storyline I thought was really great. This sort of Kurt and Rachel almost becoming friends when they're enemies. Mm. Yeah, I really liked her her line where she was like, "Well, that's when you're my competition," and it's like, right. "But you, he is your competition." Real competition now, but yeah, and but I, I, real competition anymore because she, he's not comp- he's not competing with her for the spotlight. Exactly. Right. exactly. So it's like, it's still selfish, Rachel. And I feel like she caught herself a lot this episode. Like when, um, when he tells her like, oh, I didn't get the solo. And she's like, oh my God, you guys must be really good. That sucks for us. Oh wait, that was selfish. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's kind of becoming aware of herself, but she can't really change per se. She can't help but herself. I, yeah. But I like, like, I feel like, um, you know, they have a handle on Rachel. And even though she's not always likable, I feel like she's always Rachel, which I like. Yes, she's a very consistent character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoy Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. But it's also such a great song. It is a good song. It is wonderful. I, when you guys called me, I almost answered the phone, well, answered the Skype thing and just like started singing. Oh, <laughs> you totally <laughs> should have. That would have been the best opening for the show ever. I, and I, yeah. Well, I didn't realize that you were going to already be recording. So <laughs> I'm actually 
that I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, we're very we're we're very jump in and go that way. That's good. Um, no, let's so, hear me. As soon as it comes out of the womb, it's special guest recording. I, it, it it's funny because I realize what, what Emily and I also have a friend Betsy who's pregnant, and Betsy uh, was telling me that um, Emily uh, and Betsy we should say when Betsy's due as well. She's due on Emily's birthday. Uh-huh. And this past summer, they went to Chicago together, and Betsy had just told Emily she was pregnant. And she told me that Emily spent the entire trip asking her questions about the baby and talking about the baby and referring to the baby. <laughs> and I think Emily's a little bit baby crazy because she's doing, she's doing it now, too, with Mel. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and so you're like, I, I think I'm just fascinated by the idea of, like, Babies and bellies. That might be it, really. Because <laughs> I honestly, like, I, I don't know that I'll ever have a kid. I don't know that I, I, I'm going to choose that, 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 that direction in life. But yeah, I find, um, and I'm not even like when somebody's like, oh, let me tell you about my baby. I'm usually like, oh, great. At work, they keep yeah. having baby showers because women keep having babies and I have to sit there and it's really awkward and uncomfortable. Um, but there's something really fascinating about, like, imagining the life of a baby when it's not born. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It was just really funny to me because that, like, the two things clicked in my head, and you, you just keep bringing it up so much. It's funny. I'm not complaining. I mean, I kind of did the same thing with my cats, so I think it's just <laughs> some kind of weird personality tick of mine. Okay, so the next song, uh, the hipster song. I don't know what song this is, though. I can't remember. Um, it is um the living the living years by Mike and the Mechanics. Okay. And it was adorable. It was cute. Yeah. I like I, I could have taken more. Um, you could have what? Taken more? I could have had more of it. Oh, I think it was enough. Because mm-hmm. it could have gotten boring very quickly. Because uh, as, yes. as we learned from Will, they're a stool choir. Right, right, right. I like that um, they, I would have liked to see more of it. But like, I like that they had one guy in a wheel or one woman in a wheelchair. Yes. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that I love that they were just kind of the new directions. Older. But really old. Because they had like, you know, kind of like a sassy black yeah. like old woman at Mercedes. This is you in 60 years. Yeah. So I, I like that. It was cute. I, I just feel like they could have gone, gone a little further with it. Um, again, I, I really wanted Young at Heart to guest star and sing, but they didn't. Um, but I, yeah, I, it was cute. It was fine. I just guess I was expecting a lot more. I don't know I what have, you expect. This, I have though. really high expectations for my senior citizen yeah. choir groups. Really high, because I thought that was great. Watch Young at Heart, and then you'll see what I mean. All right, I will. I know I have right. to. Um, the next song? Yes, is... Uh, do you not know the name of it? Is I don't it? know the name of it, no. Not <laughs> all. I didn't even try to write it down. I just called it Warblers. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Hey Soul Sister, and it's by Train. I love that song. Wow. Okay. And it it was really fun. I um, loved it. I wanted to know where the the guy. I mean, obviously the two guys who also auditioned for the solo were there, but neither of them got it. Yeah, I was wondering about that myself. Well, or maybe it was like a solo for another performance. Or did they know. maybe do two songs like New Directions did, and they only you only saw one of them or something? That's because remember last. This was one of my low notes. Because remember last season, there was a very specific set list. It was three songs one solo song and like two other songs and this season you know everybody seemed to have sung one song except new directions did you know two well i'm sure we just didn't see the other songs right i just would have liked that note of consistency where yeah 
I could see that. If you're going to pick these kids, what are we going to see them do? Right. You're going to have the side note where Kurt's auditioning for a solo that he never could have gotten. It was a little right. weird. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I really enjoyed the number. I think I think Blaine is a lot of fun to watch sing. Yeah. Um, Just his facial expressions. You know, he's, he is, like you can tell, he is a musical theater performer. Yeah. Um, there was a pretty good interview that I put up on Palaver uh, with, I guess, the... Uh, Tufts acapella group that they kind of base this group on and I think they they're using like their arrangements of things and everything else and it was an interview with them about it which was really interesting so if you're an acapella fan you can head to Palaver yeah I had heard maybe this was wrong but I had heard that in the first episode where Kurt went to visit the school mm-hmm. that, that actually was Tufts acapella group was that uh, not- I think that might have been but that it's obviously a different it's a different set of kids now but okay with maybe like a few of like the main the same actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because those the two that are on the um, the committee. The committee. Yeah, they were they were the ones that went out to coffee in the other. The episode. two who are totally not gay. Yeah, not at all. Right. Yeah. Um. The 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 best thing about this song though was how much did you love Rachel watching them? Yeah. yeah. Like Rachel doing like the smile, smile, yep. stage mom thing, stage mom thing. I love that. Like she was the first one to stand up and clap, and then you know Mercedes stands up. Like because yeah. I mean the whole a big part of this episode was how they were being really bad sports, and just you know how they kind of. Oh yeah, and that was something we didn't say. Did you... was Puck crying during the old people song? <laughs> I think he was tearing up a little bit. I think he was, and like Mike Mike Chang gave him a look like what. <laughs> um, but yeah, this that was one of my one of my other high points. Of the episode was just like you know, the the reaction of especially Rachel, but of New Directions to the Warblers performance made me happy. Um, I didn't say this before, but I but it's gonna tie in in a second if you let me finish my thought. Um <laughs> I really tie enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Will this episode. I really liked his two his two moments that he kind of had to set the kids straight. Um especially his moment with Rachel because I I feel like I feel like he's kind of corrected Rachel before but never really just yelled at her like that. Yeah. And not um, in a while either. And then there's also a moment when I think it's when the hipsters are about to perform and, and Rachel walks in and Finn gets up to let her sit down and Finn is standing and Will kind of like grabs Finn and makes him sit down. And I just really <laughs> like that, too. I don't I don't know why it was something about he was the, very teachery. This, yeah. This episode. It was just something about seeing him as like a teacher that I really I, I just enjoyed that moment. I don't know. Yeah. And it made me think of it when you mentioned Puck again. Um. Yeah, and and I like that he actually during the Warbler's performance he actually looked really nervous. He has I think yeah. one big reaction shot, and he he actually looks kind of worried, which is good to see that he's worried. Yeah, because they were really good. Yeah. yeah. So now the next song, um, I know this one. Go ahead. Because you... Dirty Dancing is like one of my father's favorite movies. <laughs> Your father? It's my dad. Yeah. Like if that if that movie is on, my dad has this thing where like, you know, my dad's a big channel flipper, but then he's recorded a few movies in TiVo that he'll occasionally just put on if there's nothing else on. And for him, he says it's really like the last 20 minutes of that movie. It's the dance scene and it's, you know, in the corner. Um, But yeah, I have walked home on my dad watching the last 10 minutes of Dirty Dancing more times than I would like to admit. (laughs) It's like the best movie ever. It is. It's a wonderful movie. And this made me want to watch it really badly. <laughs> I might watch it tonight, actually. How about that? You go, girlfriend. Um, 
Yeah, and this is actually what I commented on before, was that although it's different songs and it's different people singing them, they still yep. retain the staging, as, yeah. the same staging as both regionals and Rachel's sectional ballad. Yeah, the walking in. That's, yeah. I guess that's their thing, is walk through the audience. It's effective. Like, can't we do something different? It, it, and it's, it is ineffective, except it's also really annoying, because then you got to turn your head around, which is not so fun. Yeah. But it's dramatic, because the audience doesn't know it's coming, so they're like, where is but this? But then it, you're freaked out, because you never know like if they're going to like come react to you, which I don't like when I'm sitting in the audience. Yeah, yeah. I don't either. This I get theater nervous. theater, and I'm very specifically paid for it. I do not really want... audience participation not yeah i'm like i hate going to comedy shows because i'm like you know i saw the nutty professor i know what can happen (laughs) Um, Uh, the the song itself it was sam and quinn it was they're very blonde yeah i don't really like sam's singing voice but that's just me no i'm not okay with it there was something about like i feel like if i were in the audience for that performance I would have been like, oh, look at the pretty people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I I like I like Sam. I have a soft spot for him. And I enjoyed the two of them singing. I did feel like song choice-wise, it might have been a better song for last year's sectional. Okay. Um, I feel like it didn't... I, I don't know. It's not like it was regionals. It's not really the end of anything. I feel mm-hmm. like... I, I mean, even though I enjoyed them singing it, I feel like it could have been used better in a different place where it had a little lyrics wise it had a little more meaning yeah okay i could see that yeah i like the dancing for the i mean i, I love the dancing for the next one yeah. but i i like the background dancing for this one because i i know i think we both said at regionals last season the dancing was kind of messy yeah uh and in this one like i I wasn't specifically looking out because I always now make fun of Mercedes dancing. I wasn't specifically looking for everybody's dancing, but it looked like everybody was moving in different ways than, you know, just sort of like moving back and forth. So I like that. Mm. I have to say there was one part um, at the end of the song when uh, right, right where, when it gets like really, really slow before it gets fast again in dirty dancing, Patrick Swayze makes this face at Jennifer Grey, like in, it's in one particular part when their faces are like really close to each other. They're just looking at each other like nose to nose. And I wanted so oh, yeah. Sam to make that same face. I was like, <laughs> I'm really pissed that there was no lift. Yeah, there was like a fake lift. There was a great moment for a lift and there was no lift. He's a, yeah. he's a football player. He can lift her. She's she lost just, the baby weight by now. Yeah, she just kind of ran. She didn't even run into him. She just kind of stood into him. And I was like, what? That's where the lift is supposed to be. Yeah. So was, I kind of feel like you can't do dirty dancing if you don't do the lift. Well, that was their, that was from earlier in their training before they were able to do the lift. They, had, they haven't made right. it that far yet. <laughs> They're working Rationalize up to it. it away. Maybe by regional we'll get that. Maybe. They have to practice the lake for a while for, over the summer. But. <laughs> or at least national. <laughs> That's right. Now the next song, which, you know, was kind of attached to the song, but um, Valerie? Right. Valerie, yes. Okay, which... Apparently Amy none of us Winehouse. have heard. We think it's Amy Winehouse. No, it um, is. Oh, it is Amy Winehouse. Okay. It's on my. Uh, it's on my iPod. I, I believe you. I didn't even know until I looked, but it's there. Well then, uh, I loved it. I obviously loved Brittany and Mike Chang dancing. Um, they, but I also love Santana's vocals. I really like hearing her sing a lot. I really enjoyed her when she had you- like. She had like all the runs and stuff during the Lady Gaga songs, and I enjoyed her then, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed her now, and I really like her a lot. Yeah, 
Um, and I love, I picked up on, uh, while Brittany is dancing, she still mouths the words and sings, but Mike yeah. just doesn't even give a- <laughs> He's <laughs> like, everybody knows I'm not singing. <laughs> he doesn't even <laughs> mouth the words at all. This is not what I'm here for. I'm here to dance. <laughs> I just want to dance. Um, the, I mean, and their dancing was, that made me so happy. So good. Wasn't it, wasn't it so good? It was so much fun. The flips and the flips and the, you and know. Actually, up until that performance, I was all set to complain about the leggings they were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, when Quinn walked out, I was like, leggings? But then, you know, they clearly needed them. <laughs> what I liked about it, too, was that it kind of calls back to, um, vocal adrenaline in the very first episode yeah. when they do rehab because it's also Amy Winehouse yep. and it was I mean like this was a very vocal adrenaline like performance in a way you know where you just have a lot of choreography you have a lot of dancing and showmanship and you know good singing yeah um, but it felt like wow like they are they're now their real competition had it been the entire Glee Club doing the moves that Brittany and Mike Chang did, then it then it definitely would have been a match for. Rachel. I don't think you're going to see Mercedes doing that anytime soon. I don't think so either, but I'm just saying, like right. it would have been. And I actually wrote that down too that it was really appropriate that they did Amy Winehouse because that was kind of the first thing that we ever yeah. saw them perform. Yeah, yeah. Why wasn't Vocal Adrenaline in this contest? They are in a different um, like section region yeah. oh okay okay because remember all, last year they didn't compete with them at sectionals either um it's just that just occurred to me like why wouldn't they be there but it's weird because it was like the western ohio section you know trouble something something yeah but yeah. i wonder like is it supposed to be by region because then what happened to the other two schools or maybe it rotates every year and you compete against different yeah schools. i think it's i think it's randomized and like brackets okay because when when will announced it he was like oh here's our competition like this, this year, year our competition yeah so I think it's like brackets where like three compete and it narrows down to one and then, you know, they regional Okay. Yeah. Anything else to say about their performance? Well, we haven't, um, I guess to tie up those two songs, those four songs, we haven't discussed the outcome of it. It was a tie! Ah! That's convenient for plotting. Which was weird because then they all went back to their respective schools and were like, we won. Like, right. No, you didn't actually. <laughs> well, if you, if you, no, you know, no, no. Like when two people win the Oscar, it's, you, you're both winners. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> Mel not there's a, a difference between we tied and we won. <laughs> yeah. I feel like right, you're both losers. Such a terrible. <laughs> um, I feel like it could have been handled better had they just put the wobblers in a different sectional. Yeah, but I guess we needed the drama of yeah, right. It very easily could have been like a side story of Kurt competing at yeah. his sectional, and like and they could have gone there. to see his, and he could have come right. to see theirs. And I just, it, I, I don't know. I was kind of like, really, like really. I was all prepared for an answer, and then mm-hmm. I got that one, and I was like, I don't know. They could have been in their own like acapella. Yeah. Or something. yeah. I yeah, yeah. Once again, the, Lee writers. <laughs> get the logistics straight. Please. Um, I I really like this is a really small touch, but I like the um like the used car salesman who had to <laughs> announce and be like the MC of sectionals. It's never too late to donate. <laughs> it's, 
Because it was like last season, it was, who was it? It was um, the weather guy and Miss Ohio. And it was like a similar thing where it's like local quote unquote yeah. celebrities. And that this guy who probably does his own commercials and the commercials are probably really awful. But like, he's the the head judge. Like, I, I like that they continue that kind of tradition of like, this is Ohio people. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then our last number is Dog Days Are Over by Florence and the Machine. And this, uh, it's, you know, an, one of those, we're happy, so let's sing. And there's, you know, a poignant moment when Will offers Rachel to solo and she says, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, give it to Tina and Mercedes, which I thought was nice. Yeah, it was very nice of her. Yeah, because they were really the two members. Although I guess you could say this about Artie, too. I'm surprised Artie didn't really get anything this episode vocal-wise. But that um, the two of them, you know, who were who have been there since day one and didn't have a moment this week. Um, I really enjoyed Tina's vocals on this. I feel like we, I feel like it's the first song that was really in her wheelhouse. Like, nothing else she's really done has been, like, that suited to her voice. Yeah. Um, she doesn't, um, I'm trying to even remember another Tina song was True Colors is the last one I can think of. Yeah, and and she had, like, the random, when she was trying to do, I forget what solo it was, but they wound up. Oh, with Artie? Anyway. No. Oh, no, no, that was, yeah, um, she's trying to do Tonight. Yeah. You're and, right, yeah, I'm thinking of the Artie song. And the other thing, the other thing she's done was Sing, and I feel like none of that really, like, showcased her vocally. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is here. We, this ties into something you wanted to talk about earlier that we forgot to talk about during the plot is who was performing in this number that you wanted to complain about before and why is she still there? Nothing. Do you know I'm where I'm going? About, are we talking about Lauren? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, this is my low note and it's a huge fucking low note. And I see that Wayne agrees with me. Mel, I think you do too. Okay. Really? All right, we get it. She's fat. Great. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know what fat girls do? They eat all the time. No, yep. they don't, actually. And they don't do it in public if they do and they're 16. Yep. And they blackmail people to get, like, candy and stuff. Exactly. Like, it's, and it, it kills me because every time they've had this character on, they've used this storyline of, like, she just wants food. And they did it. I mean, they kind of have done it with Mercedes, too, with the tater tots. And, like, we've complained about that, but it's kind of been resolved okay. But, like, and this actually goes back to um, I, this stuck in my mind so much was an episode of the podcast podcast with our um, uh, our past contributor Fozzie Bear, where he was talking with um, uh, Kevin from Fat Guys at the Movies, which is a podcast about movies, and they had this great conversation about fat people in movies and how movies always get it wrong because what they do is they have the fat character, especially if it's a female. And, like, she's in the high school cafeteria eating Twinkies. Or she's, like, out to eat and she's eating fried chicken. And, no, if you are fat and uncomfortable about it, you don't do that in public. You go home and you eat a gallon of ice cream. But you don't eat ice cream for lunch at school. Okay. Yep. I agree with you. But just to play devil's advocate for a second, who said she's not comf- Who said she's uncomfortable? Ooh. Have the we- old maid's club. She's in the old maid's club. That would that would go to show me that she is comfortable, that she's embracing it, and she's like, yeah, this is me, I'm in this club. I mean, that's kind of like the one saving grace I have for it, is that she's like, yeah, I'm on the wrestling team, this is what I do to get, you know. So I feel like, okay, that could be an argument, that yes, I can see your point, that yes, she's I, owning yeah. it, I and don't, I agree, I can see that. I don't like the way it's handled, I don't like the way her character's treated, but I also don't think she's uncomfortable with who she is, I think. I, I think that. 
unlike the one episode where we had Mercedes really uncomfortable with who she is, I think she I think she is okay with who she is and her size and and that's you know, she she knows that that's the size she is and right, right. and yeah, she eats a she lot and it. I can you know, see it. And I can yeah, see your point. Blackmail is the only way she's, you know, gonna get seven minutes in heaven with Puck. But and I just think I just think she's written that way to be comfortable with it. Even though I don't like all the jokes that are thrown mm-hmm. in. Yeah, and like, oh, she's in the green room eating pretzels. Of course. She won't go on stage until she gets her raisinettes. Of course. Like it's you, you do have a really valid point. And I think you could absolutely be right. And if they continue to flesh her out, then you know, maybe like, yeah, they'll totally go that direction and I'll be okay. But it's just even like the little visual cues of every time you see her, she has to have something in her mouth. Well, that's not a also- penis. That's a food. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different show. But also, if she's a wrestler, why is she eating all that junk food anyway? Like, should she be in good shape? Mm-hmm. Remember the episode of Boston Public with the girl who was a wrestler who was big and fat and had a heart attack and died? No, no, I don't. You I should think- not because it was a really bad show. But for some reason, I wa- I spent a year watching it. I didn't hate it. That was I my Ally McBeal year. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of episodes, but I didn't hate that show. It got really bad because it, um, side note, Boston Public, which has a Glee connection because um, um, Terry was a main character on Boston Public. Uh, it just, it, it, the problem, there were so many problems I had with it, but like just that all the teachers were like single and had no kids and so therefore could date each other. Um, yeah, I had problems with that. Show. You mean that's not what happens in Boston public schools? I don't know, Mel. I don't know either. I didn't go to Boston public schools. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to imagine that it's true if the television told me it that's was. That's true. That's true. Definitely. Um, okay, so to get back to the number, I guess I did find it very weird that she was in the number dancing around in the background, even though you know she made the. the well, I guess she's on club now. But show choir is stupid. Right. Eh. I, I, did, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand why it was there. I'm really curious if she's going to stick around or if that's going to be... It was just a plot point. Right. To... Like Jacob last year. Yeah. Yeah, but Jacob was in there purely because of Finn and didn't want to be. Like, she was in there in part because, like, you know, she's kind of doing it as a favor, but she's getting something in return. But, I mean, either way, they'll need 12 people. Who knows? Maybe Kurt will be back to them by then. Um, yeah. But, Yeah. Because he has to come back at some point. Yeah. Right. Actually, that was that was another thing he said in the interview with Conan is that um, whenever he gets his scripts, he's always very nervous to read them because he finally found something to do with his voice and he's very nervous that's going to get taken away with him. Oh. <laughs> it, it was really sweet. But yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't, I, he has to be back at some point. Yeah. It's only so long they can do a simultaneous. Oh, I feel like something has to happen with Larry. Larry, um. Yeah. Um, we call him Larry Mel. Uh, we don't know Rocky. what his character's name is. The the Rocky. big football Rocky. guy. We call him Larry because of the Buffy character Larry, who was also a closeted gay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like something dramatic is going to happen there. I'm pulling for the the Heather's route. Love my gay son. Love my gay son. <laughs> I, I'm thinking like he. It could be a suicide. It could be a coming out. It could be a. Oh. Oh, that if it was a suicide, that would be a big episode. It would be, and I don't know that Glee's going to go that dark. Yeah, but they could. Um, they could. I don't. I don't really think I want them to. But you know, I. I also like. I. I want to see it not resolved because it's something that you know wouldn't be easy to resolve. But I want to see them explore it further now that they've brought it up. 
I think he's going to come out of the closet. Yeah, maybe. And then he's not going to be like a bully anymore. Mm-hmm. And then Kurt will come back to the school. That's a possibility. Gleecast listeners, let us know what you think at gleecast.gmail.com. So should we go into our high notes and low notes? Sure thing. All right. Um, high notes, Erica? Um, I love that to Kurt, showbiz panache means Rio by Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, how Kurt says the word panache. How does he say it? Like, he just, the way he says it, like, he has to, like, hold his hand up when he says it. Like, it, you could tell he couldn't say that if he were sitting on his hands. <laughs> um, um, I like that um, Brittany has a cricket that reads to her at night. Yeah. Stage that was great. Oh. Do you have any, any, I know you didn't write anything I, know, down, I was just feverishly no. trying to think of something. Um, <laughs> I liked, I, we already talked about this, but I like the scene between Artie and Brittany when she told him that she lost his comb and he was like, that wasn't actually a magic comb. It was just adorable. <laughs> just, you let me brush my hair with it? <laughs> yeah, that part. <laughs> yeah. It was really cute. Like their, their romance is just adorable. It's so cute. Yeah. Every like, time. I love it. Every time they nuzzle, I just see her pushing the meatball across the table. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of really great puck moments. I love that he wants to... <laughs> and badassiter. The badassiter. Um, <laughs> I love that he put Karofsky on his list to go all Death Star on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that he's shouting, not in the face. Not the face. Not the face. <laughs> I love that when he's in the porta potty, he's praying to Buddha, Allah, and Satan. <laughs> Yeah. We don't know which one it was that he had to, like, later, you know, be nice to as a result of. But, <laughs> um, and I guess my big thing was I, I like that everybody kind of had a moment this episode. Yeah. And yet it somehow didn't feel insanely crammed in, like, you know, really every Glee Club member. Even, like, Sam and Quinn didn't really have a story, but they had a song. And Artie didn't have a song, but he had that really nice moment with Brittany. Yeah, it was really well balanced in that mm-hmm. way. I really like, too, that um, we I, I think, Emily, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, that Will finally put Rachel in her place when she came in with the tape on her mouth and he lost it. It was like, yeah, well, yeah. yeah I've been waiting for that for a year for, for someone <laughs> that's not like Santana or someone right. that's not going to take seriously, you know. I really like Leah Michelle in this episode. I think it like she had a lot of notes to play. And I think, you know, like I said, like I, I feel like Rachel is a well-drawn character. But I, you know, I know Mel didn't really like her, like her. But, no, um, didn't. But she, but she did a good job as an actor. Yeah. yeah. I love the callback to the cat calendar in her locker. <laughs> that thing is so scary. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like when people dress like animals, but are still have their faces <laughs> visible. It freaks me out. Um, and I think I, I also, it's probably my last high note was. Um, Will's reaction to everything with Emma. I think he mm-hmm. he played it very, very well, and I think it, they were, you know, it was an appropriate reaction, and it didn't... I took high road. Yeah. Okay. It didn't feel over the top. We, yeah, especially since we've seen him take the low road. Yeah. Which always makes me cringe. I know. I don't like it. The Rocky Horror is the prime example yeah. of that. Oh, and I like that he drinks tea. In the opening scene, he's drinking a cup of tea, not coffee. <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, that makes sense because he sings. It's great. But we've we've also seen what the coffee looks like at that place, and it doesn't yeah. look so distinct. Um, yeah. yeah um, any other high notes? Anyone? 
I'm good. Mel, anything else you really liked? No, that's okay. We talked about a lot of it. We should throw possums at our low notes, though. We should throw possums at our low notes. Those dolts. I already talked about my main one, which is, you know, the fat girl eating a lot of food. Um, And my other, only other one really was the, like, just inconsistency of sectionals compared to last year where it was like three songs, this, this, this. And, you know, maybe we just didn't see it this year. But, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's mainly what it was. That was the impression I got, too, was we were just seeing selected you know, selected portions, whereas there were last year there was just more time, more right, singing. Right. Yeah, could very well have been. And I mean, it was a jam-packed episode as it was. It, it had yeah. uh, six songs. Was it? A oh six? wow, I guess so. And it's funny because again, like like this trend that's been happening the last few weeks, the first song did not happen for what, like fifteen minutes into the episode. It felt like a yeah, long time. It, felt, it was a while. Yeah. Was it six songs? I'm trying to count. I can't find all my stars. Um, I think it was five. Uh, okay, don't Argentina. One, yeah, was, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six. Yeah. Um. So it was very full. Yeah. Well. And something I should say because I don't know if I really said it, but I do like that they've like Glee does have to have a, you know, it it has it's going to have an arc every year while they're in high school. It's gonna you know they're going to have to have sectionals. They're going to have to have regionals if they get there. And even though they, I like that they've already made it to like a tradition, but at the same time they did something different with the episode where it wasn't like I was watching last season. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, that's really all my low notes. Mel, what did you not like? Um, the the biggest thing really was I just didn't like Rachel's attitude. <laughs> but different, it was different. I feel like that is a common, that's a common occurrence and everyone says that. But I just particularly this week wanted to slap her in the face. Okay. But then she might fall because she's so tiny now. So skinny. She she needs to eat. Scary. And I also I actually also didn't really like the um just the whole idea that Emma got married so quickly. That okay. It just didn't it I, I just didn't believe it. Okay, fair enough. Erica, any low notes? Um yeah, I brought it up before. It was that whole show choir is stupid comment. I just I get it's just, do you guys feel like it had a place in the episode? No. It didn't. It's really out of place, yeah. I think, I mean, it's to play devil's advocate. <laughs> um, I wonder if it was sort of, this is, I'm so inconsistent myself about this. Because the way, like, Puck is sort of, like, because isn't that like when Puck kind of tells her, like, hey, don't be nervous, it's okay. Like, it's brought up this moment, like, as if Puck's taking care of her and she's mm-hmm. so scared. And she's just like, oh, fuck you, I don't care. <laughs> I like, don't kind do- of empowering her in the way that you said she was empowered by food. I'm just throwing it out there, Erica. I don't, I don't know. I really insightful. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. It just didn't sit well with me. It felt out of place to me. Hmm. We'll see where she goes. I'm very curious. Yeah, I'm. I, I am very very curious as to like Mel said before as to whether or not it becomes you know a regular thing or if it's just for this. Moment. Well, I mean, I think something Glee does do well is I feel like I know their high school a little bit now. Like, you know, I've seen that girl before. I've seen Jacob. I know the principal. Like, they're, it's it's not like like something that, you know, again, um, when Jason was on, we talked about how 90210 had this, the universe was the main characters and that was it. Teachers would come in for one episode. Random students would be in one episode. But you didn't know anything about anybody else and that's in their, their setting. Whereas in Glee, 
there is like a world built around them. Like, and I, there are certain characters that I see all the time that I know and recognize, like the other football guy who gave a terrible line delivery. I thought in that locker room scene, um, I don't know why he was shouting so much. Um, <laughs> Maybe they were really far away from each other. I guess so. But like, you know, and, and Coach Beast, who doesn't have to be in every episode, but you feel like she's always there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I kind of like that they've created a universe there. And I feel like Lauren is now one of those key characters. So I, I if she's not in Glee Club, they need to explain it. But like, I feel like if she's not in Glee Club, it's not like she's off the show. It's She'll still yeah. be there somewhere. So. Yeah, I'm just curious as if... if she- if she's going to take on more of a main character role or if she's going to remain in her supporting spot that she's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if she'll go the way of Matt Rutherford and die. <laughs> Transfer. Quote unquote. Yeah. Code name. <laughs> like when they send your puppy to the farm, kids. Oh. Go to a farm. Poor Matt. All right. Well, that's, um, uh, should that's we do a question, question of the week? Should we do a question of the oh. week? Um, I had one. I don't have to think it. Okay, what is yours? Okay, so Lauren, like, really didn't like the new direction. She just thought, thought, as we said, thought Glee Club was stupid. But she was willing to do it for Cadbury Eggs and Seven Minutes in Heaven with Puck. If you really didn't like Glee Club and somebody's like, no, we need you to do it, and you're like, wow, I can ask for anything and they're going to give it to me, what would you ask for? And you could answer that question over at our forums at palaver.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. What else can you do with those forums, Erica? Um, you can talk about lots of other movies and TV shows. You can talk about Mel's podcast. I can has podcast. She has a forum there also. She does. Mel, do you have um, you have you guys also have a website now too, right? Um, yep. It's just I can has podcast, and that's also the name of our Twitter feed. So fabulous. Streamlined. And Mel also has a blog. Yeah, I don't really do it anymore. Now I do this podcast. So. Are you closing your okay. blog or are you going to keep it going? Oh, I don't know. I'm still going to watch the movies, so it just depends on how often I can get around to it. Okay. Okay, so go back and read her old post. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I, it's questfortheclassics.blogspot.com? Oh, yep, that's right. Thanks. Nice. Um, Erica, where can Inquiring Minds find you? They can find me on Twitter at Erica's name, and they can find Emily on Twitter at Deadly Dolls. <laughs> and they can find her blog at deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com. And you can join our mailing list by going to gleecast.podomatic.com and go to the right side and scroll down and click on the button that says join our mailing list. And that's very important now. <laughs> so please <laughs> <Yes>. do it. <laughs> In these hard times when we decide <laughs> not to pay a whole lot of money for a two week thing that we can instead just wait two weeks and put up for you. Yeah. Um, it is important to know these things. Yep. Yes. Uh, we will be back next week with a very special Christmas episode. Yes, which we're going to have another guest star. We're going to have uh, Lisa with us for that one, as we- long as we can work out the scheduling. Yes, and Lisa is kind of, um, you know, at, folks have heard Lisa on our show before, but what they might not know about Lisa, Lisa is the spirit of Christmas personified. She is. <laughs> I'm kind of scared, like... I say something negative about Christmas and I feel like a reindeer is going to poop in my mouth. That <laughs> she has the power to make that happen. It just might. It, it could. It very well could. <laughs> so it's going to be a very exciting episode. All right. So thank you, Mel, for being Thank you, us. Mel. Okay. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.